Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 380, covering Despite Yourself, with Brian Lynch. Hi, friends. It's uh, it's time for some. Well, we'll we'll get to what it's time for. There's time there's for a lot going on here. Yeah. Fortunately, we have Brian here to help us parse all the all the madness. I love parsing. I like the word parse. I don't know mm-hmm. what to tell you. I've, I've always enjoyed it. It's it's a fun word. Parse. That's all I got. Parse. There's there's, there's parse. not a whole bit there. I'm not setting up Par. a you know a wacky yeah. These are the jokes. Ooh, but... <laughs> are you are you parsing the word parse? Is that what's going on right now? I could go for some parsnips right about now. Parsnip right. soup, eh? <laughs> Alright, this episode's starting off real bad. We should probably restart. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't even get the clap right, so there's uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Uh, this, this begins a long saga of something we will tell you more specifically about presently. Brian, did uh-huh. you choose this for any particular reason? Um, no, I kind of just picked one from later in the season because I didn't want to run the risk of spoiling <laughs> anything. <laughs> That's fair. You you definitely uh, you had mentioned to me that there's a big reveal in this episode that you almost certainly would have... Uh, yeah, I was like, I would not have been said. able to stop myself from making jokes about it. I did. I made a bunch of jokes about it in this one even though it technically doesn't get revealed for another couple episodes, but... Uh, we know what the deal is. Yeah, it's very clear. This is the one where everybody deal. figures it out, so... Yeah. Um, I it, Something that's interesting that did not occur to me, uh, the whole spoiler thing, the way we're dealing with it, I know maybe some people don't love that or whatever, th- this will be the last time we ever have to deal with it, because uh-huh. going forward, we're going to be reviewing shows as they happen. Yeah. That's going to be very different for this show. It's going to be a that's crazy be experience. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, it occurs to me. I, I was talking um, to uh, uh, Devlin, who was on last week, about uh, possibly coming on again, and uh, she mentioned now that we'll be reviewing it in real time, you guys won't be able to choose episodes you like anymore. You'll basically just have to pick a date and hope you get a good one. Yeah. It's true. And I'm not going to be. Able... We don't know what's coming. And I'm not no. going to be able to get like eight weeks behind anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you either follow follow along or jump in cold. That's those are your only options. That's yeah, how I watch most a... TV shows. Well, <laughs> <laughs> catch up. It's a strange well, new world, guys. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be very strange. And CBS has promised us nonstop Star Trek when they get the machine up and running. So <laughs> yeah, well, they realize it's the only brand they have. Apparently, I don't know why it took them this long to realize that. This and Vecker, <laughs> you know. Well, what happened on this week in ba- Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil your until the good pla- <laughs> until the good place wraps up. We don't. Uh, we're not going to be able to get that Becker reboot, and I don't want the good place to go away. So, <laughs> well, the nice no, thing I is Kristen know. Bell's um, got TV shows. Two TV shows. Yeah, going Kristen on Bell's now, doing so. the uh, Veronica Mars reboot, so Ted Danson probably has time for is a reboot. Is that happening? Yeah, that is happening. Well, that is officially know. happening. It's on Hulu. Huh. Yeah. All right. All right. Anyway, Brian, why don't you tell <laughs> us what happens in Despite Yourself? Certainly. What a sensible title that is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Previously on Star Trek Discovery, romance was bloomin' and Stamets was shroomin' as off to the Starbase Discovery went zoomin'. But when they arrived with some bangin' and boomin', no Starbase was there, and the captain was fumin'. So now with disasters all presently loomin', it's time for some action. At least I'm assumin'. (laughs) And now, the continuation. Well, there's no Klingons and no Starbase, but there are some destroyed Klingons and some Vulcans. Huh, the Vulcans aren't opening a hail. Uh, They must have damaged communications, says Bryce. 
Oh, they're charging weapons. Hey, they must see some Klingons nearby, says Wosikin. They fire on the Discovery. Oh my god, we're the Klingons, says Reese. <laughs> I'm so happy I know all these people's names now. <laughs> a nearby friendly ship takes out the Vulcans, and Saru, who's been standing at the back with a raging fear boner poking out of his neck, finally works out what's going on. These ships have a different quantum signature from us. Well, that's impossible, because everything from our universe has the same quantum signature, says Michael. <laughs> oh, I mean, we have to go home, says Lorca. <laughs> Lorca goes on to say that he and Stamets were working on a dimension-hopping plan that was totally legal and authorized and above the board. Who says it wasn't? But they hadn't planned on testing it so soon, and so this is just a wacky coincidence. Fortunately, one of those nearby demolished Klingon ships was carrying an internet. Lieutenant Ash Tyler is sent on a PTSD-lightful mission to get it so that everybody can Google themselves and read their articles on Evil Memory Alpha. <laughs> As the audience has suspected, often literally for months, this is the bad place. I mean, this is the mirror universe. And things are a wee bit different over there. For example, Saru and Arium are now off the all-human crew, Lorca is a fugitive, Michael is dead, and Lieutenant Ash Tyler has a stupid little beard. Oh, well, all's well over there. But most of all, Tilly is the captain in this universe which means when they interact with any of the wretched boogeymen that inhabit this plane, she'll have to be the most wretched of all of them. Oh, golly gosh, I can't do that, says Tilly. Yes, you can, says Michael. What did you say to me, you little worm, says Tilly. <laughs> so with all that in mind, the Discovery gets a new paint job and sets out as the evil Discovery. They plan to reveal that Michael is alive and have her retake command of the evil Shenju with her prisoner, Gabriel Lorca. Of course, the evil crew won't know that this is the Lorca from our universe and not the evil one from their universe, like, at all. The, the plan works without a hitch, except that Michael has to kill Ensign Connor for the second time in as many universes. Tilly, <laughs> Tilly has to threaten to pull somebody's tongue out, and Lorca is stuck in an agony booth. Hurt me, mommy, says Lorca. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in a subplot, Lieutenant Ash Tyler is starting to suspect that Ash might be what you get when the torchbearer is all burned out and putters around the ship trying to get to the bottom of it. Lorel successfully manages to pull a post-hypnotic trigger, but rather than activating him as a sleeper agent, it just makes him even sweatier. So he goes off to Dr. Hugh, who takes a look at his bones and notices that they're way shorter than they seem like they should be, and eventually concludes that he's had a full body transplant and also his brain's no good, so he's going to pull him from duty. Ash doesn't like getting provoked like this, and so he puts his vocational training to snap Hugh's neck, thus invoking some very unfortunate tropes. Oh, sorry, I don't know why I keep talking like that. <laughs> this week on CBS All Access, I only just found out about this this morning, I'd like to read you an actual uh, uh, show they've got coming out. It was oh, not the same week. <clears throat> it's called Tell Me a Story, and here's the official little press release summary. <clears throat> Tell Me a Story takes the world's most beloved fairy tales and reimagines them as a dark and twisted psychological thriller. Set in modern-day New York City, the first season of this serialized drama interweaves the three little pigs, Little Red Riding Hood, and Hansel and Gretel into an epic and subversive tale of love, loss, greed, revenge, and murder. So, you know, keep those subscriptions active. It, it, it's so nice that we can continue to have uh, cutting-edge new, new stories coming out. Like, no one's ever done a dark fairy tale show before. In fairness, they also, their their other tentpole shows are another Star Trek spinoff and a spinoff of Big Bang Theory. Like, there's nothing original on this platform oh, as no, far the, as the, I know. The Big Bang Theory one is actually on TV. That's not, that's not even an all-access show. Okay, that's fair. I don't yeah. think I care for the vast majority of this tent. 
I mean, I look, even the show we kind of like is, you know, yet another entry in a long-running franchise. And mm-hmm. the thing I'm looking forward to the most on CBS All Access is the uh, uh, Jordan Peele's relaunch of The Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. which, again, you know, like, there's nothing original, not one thing. Well, welcome to 2018. You, yeah, can, you guys know is... how much I love remakes, but, you know, you need a little more than that in CBS. Oh, that, yeah, they uh, no question. Although, considering what it looks like their original material is. Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't know what else they have that's that's first run on on that on that platform. Yeah, no, they uh, it, it's it's all like I don't know MacGyver remakes. <sighs> or, or no, there's the MacGyver remake. There's the Magnum remake. I think that's CBS. Oh mm-hmm. man, yeah. Is the MacGyver remake just so that the Simpsons can keep making MacGyver jokes? Like. <laughs> Matt Groening just threw them a few million and said, look, we need Patty and Selma to have something. And I, make uh-huh. this relevant again? I know their 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 second original show was a spinoff of The Good Wife. Okay. Uh, and then this they have the an wife. online version of Big Brother. And okay. I don't I think that might be it. Oh, and a show called Strange Angel, which I think should be called Strangel. Of course it should. <laughs> yeah. Who's so even working over CBS, there, CBS? Get your shit together. CBS All Access is a, is an agony booth, is what you guys are saying. <laughs> Pretty much. Just trying to bring it back. Uh-huh. Yeah, so Mirror Universe, again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, also, slight spoiler, get used to it. We ain't leaving anytime soon. Yeah, well, no uh, three episodes in here? Four uh, episodes. There will be four. Well, four, well, four including this one. Three yeah. more after yeah. this. Which yeah, is three, nuts. like, in the thick of it. That's, now, I will yeah. say, I like the idea of, like... You know, because I rewatched Mirror Mirror uh, a mm. couple of uh, weeks ago, yeah. Um, because I knew I'd be doing this one, and the bits where they're like they have to, you know, uh, blend in are pretty good. Like when Captain Kirk gets that weird salute, and he's got like a moment oh, of sure. hesitation, and he just salutes yep. right back. So the idea of them having to stay in that for like an extended time is not a bad impulse. I'll say no. And honestly, what I what I like about this storyline, and we'll see more of this later like in another episode there's there's a lot of taking it seriously that i don't love but then there's a lot of embracing the camp of it and that's Mm -hmm. what i do love yeah yeah and there's some of that here but not enough yeah like you know the whole montage of them blending in of painting the ship and (laughs) yeah exactly all that bullshit is is so goofy i love it but and and of course all the all the tilly stuff is great yes Mm -hmm. but yeah, there's there's so much still grim dark and murdery just blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Blah. but uh let, let's start with good things yes um and brian yours yours is the one you you got there first i we all would have literally as we, soon as the document was shared i just hopped in there just to pop this down as the good thing but and um see, i set up the document and i could very easily have done that before i even shared it with you but that would be shitty i wouldn't mm-hmm. do that to you you're a good man al um, so yeah, it's, uh, when the, uh, uh, everybody's getting their little, uh, makeovers, um, the big dramatic reveal, of course, is who is the captain, and they call up the profile picture, and it is Tilly, mm-hmm. Captain, captain Sylvia Tilly, and her reaction is just fantastic, and even more so is when they're getting her all geared up in her evil gear to go communicate yep. with people, Michael's giving her the rundown of her career, and she says... That you're also known as the Slayer of Soma Prime, the Witch of Werner Minor, and Captain Killy. 
I love I love Saru's reaction, which is, well, that's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like a writer's room joke. Yeah. Uh-huh. It feels like someone pitched that and another writer didn't like it, so they just threw both things in. But Oh, I'm no, I totally see them going, what about Captain Killy? Oh, there's no way we're not using Captain <laughs> Killy. Write that the fuck down. Put it on the big board. And her- but that's terrible, so let's have someone say it's terrible. Uh-huh. The way she gets into it is just so fantastic. Because she does. Mm-hmm. She sits in the captain's chair in her evil, slightly uh-huh. less red. And like She's got like blonde hair, like reddish blonde, yeah. instead mm-hmm. of just plain old red. And she's got her evil uh-huh. costume, and it's just great. She even she sits in the captain's chair to talk with the uh, guy over the radio at first, and when it's done, she's still sitting there. And Lorca's like, "It's my chair." <laughs> oh, excuse me. She's got to be. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, fact, and actually, Brian, this is yeah, this yeah. Is your I was, quote. Uh, let's let's, let's throw in my quote, listen. which is the first the first time she has to speak as Captain Killy, which is right here. Hello, this is Captain Tilly. What the heck? Heck, hell! What the hell? Hold your horses. Yeah, I I love that, and and we even said this last week. If you hadn't chosen that, I would have like made the extra effort to play it anyway. Oh, mm-hmm. if that's the case, then can I go to my other one? Because I was going to do Scottish Lorca. No, absolutely Lorca. not. I I hate digging up quotes. <laughs> that's that's the quote. We're done with it. No, my no, my yeah, alternate quote was going to be Lorca as her chief engineer who had a well. Thick this is actually Scottish my good accent. thing. Oh, go this ahead. Is, yeah, this is my good thing, which is. Yeah, she's she doesn't she flails. She doesn't know what to do. Like she she does her best, but she's like, uh, we're we're experiencing uh uh problems. Talk yeah. to my engineer. And <laughs> he's like he's gesturing the whole time off to her side. No, no, don't, don't. Uh hello, this is the engineer. I'm Scottish. And uh Memory Alpha speculated that maybe he knew Scotty, because Scotty's around at this point. It doesn't sure. matter. It's it's a nice sort of half ass reference, or maybe just him doing a goofy voice. What's the difference? I mean, Scott, Scotty was great at it. Scotty was Scottish because that was the stereotype of engineers that they right, were Scottish. Which is so weird like, to think now. It's it's strange that their their memory off is like, oh, he was probably referencing Scotty. I'm like, no, he was probably just Scottish because maybe, but I don't know. I mean, we are in that time period, and it's possible. It's I, possible he's like, what? It, what is a distinctive voice for an engineer? Oh, I know this guy. I do love that uh, before he talked, Michael like whispered in his ear, like, we don't know your status in this universe, so disguise yeah, your you voice. you can't be Lorca. And, yep. and she's like, you have to, I, she phrased it like, you have to slightly disguise your voice or something, or like, right. like modulate your tone a little. And he's like, I yeah. got it. Thick Scottish accent. Uh-huh. Well, and, and the nice thing is, is Jason Isaacs is great at accents, so yep. he sounds very convincingly Scottish, mm-hmm. not like, you know. Like, all due respect to the dead, James Doohan did not sound convincingly Scottish. But, uh, <laughs> he sounded convincingly Scotty, but not Scottish. Yeah. yeah. No, great character, fun actor, but, yeah. you know, but didn't what I, sound very good. What I also love is the more Tilly, the more time Tilly spends as Captain Killy, the more she gets used to it. Oh, yeah. Um, And I guess this is sort of like foreshadowing the difficulty of blending in this universe, but she literally, when she's talking to Connor, she's like, if you spoke, if one of my officers spoke to me like that, I'd pull their tongue out and use it to clean my boots. Like, yep. Nobody told you to say that. You're really getting into the character there, Tilly. Shut up. <laughs> and the thing is, like, her saying what the heck, I mean, that was great. Mm-hmm. And that's the line, like, from this whole season, from all 15 episodes, that's the one. That's yeah. the one everyone's quoting. That's, like, everyone who even doesn't like the show very much like that bit. Yeah. But we already know she's okay saying fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, what? <laughs> well, I think it was more a matter of uh, panicking. Plus, she only, mm, says, yeah. she only says fuck when there's cool science happening. 
just the yeah, asshole in this one too, though. So I mean, like, she's covering all her bases. Yeah. Hell what kind of shit is this? What kind of hell damn crap ass bastard is going on here? <laughs> wow, I'm king of this universe. Damn hell ass king. <laughs> uh, Matt, what was your good thing? Oh God. Oh, um, uh, well. Uh, sorry, I don't want to take over the show, but while we're talking about it, should Matt do his second thoughts? Oh shit! Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Please um, do. Yeah. So I put this off for a long. When we started this show, this show, I think in the third episode when she first shows up, Al left me some space to be all like, yeah, and this is where Matt will say how how good t- uh, Cadet Tilly is for his good mm-hmm. thing. And I said, no, I'm putting it off because it's not here yet. It's fucking here now. <laughs> so. Yep. Just take a moment to discuss how fucking good this character is. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's my good thing for the season. Like her arc isn't really as obvious as Michael is or Saru's is, but like look at where that character started and where she ends up in this show, and it's great. Like, and and my my big thing for her is we finally have a character who's what Barkley was supposed to be, but mm-hmm. not a terrible shitty stalker. You know, yeah, like the not perfect Starfleet officer that those of us with, you know, let's go with differently functioning brains can identify with like neurotypical. Yes. Yeah. Like she's a character with maybe probably anxiety issues who like doesn't spend all of her time stalking counselor Troy at the beach. (laughs) Like this is this is a this is a fun, good character that I can actually relate to. Um. I read an article on me- or not memory alpha. God, I'm so used to saying that. Yeah. I read an article on the Mary Sue about how it's possible that she's being played as autistic, and mm-hmm. I don't, I can't speak to that at all. But I think it's such a good idea to have in Star Trek. The thing is, it's like I, I can't speak to that either. I am yeah. nowhere near qualified to to speak if that's good representation or not. But I will say, I read it more as just she's young and awkward, and she'll yeah. grow out of it. Maybe, like I don't know, and. Maybe she's always going to be like that. Maybe not. I don't know. But I thought it was more a function of her being very young and inexperienced and sure. less having specific, like, you know, neuroatypical issues. Yeah, I, uh, I I was going to say the same thing. I wouldn't go so far as to say they're intending for her to be depicted as on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But I also I mean, I wouldn't take that away from anyone. No, I, yeah. if you're if that if you're identifying with the character, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's like how uh, uh, apparently some trans people related to Dax. Yeah, like yeah, that's exactly. not how they meant it. But if that's in there, that's great. They yeah. should. I'll put it but this way: they didn't. They didn't mean it. We're getting better autistic representation with her than we are with Sheldon. Oh God! Speaking yeah. of CBS, well, Jesus yeah. Christ, I mean, yeah. I'm sure they probably watched Rain Man and said, "Yeah, we got this." Yeah, nailed it. Oh God. Uh huh. But no, no I, I, I love this character and just maybe my favorite in Star Trek right now. I mean, uh, what? I, I, better than any other Star Trek character? I would have to think about that a lot, but okay, I really like I think Odo. it's too early to say. 15 episodes is a little early to call mm. that. What about Rom? Mm, I'll get back maybe, to you. Maybe when he was a child, because, <laughs> you know. Boy that Rom. Whole connection. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you know, not I'm, I'm not going to be gross about this or anything. But she's very attractive. That is also true. I'm, That's definitely some part of it. I'm glad you said it so I didn't have to be the first to bring it up. But yeah, yeah, no, she's I, very pretty. I don't want to be gross about it, but <laughs> I do want to point out when people are physically... I mean, I also think uh, Jason Isaacs is particularly handsome in this mm-hmm. episode. Like, I'm not... It's not just a oh, hot chick. Like, early in this show, we were just drooling over hot 60s-looking chicks. And mm-hmm. uh-huh. 
we said it like that because it was a strong bad reference, but also we were a little less aware of yeah. how creepy we were being. We were worse but, people back then. But there's a lot of pretty people on this show, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of pretty men and women on this show, and I think oh, yeah. Billy is one of the prettiest. Also, we don't see a lot of plus-size characters on TV and in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Ever. Like, yeah. when does that ever happen in Star Trek? Dwarf I know, she's parents not, are all I can know, think of. She's not particularly larger oh, than Scotty. average, but she's slightly larger than yeah. average, and it's nice to see. Yes. Like, we're, you know, and I'm not going to lie, I'm into it. Yeah. Like, again, don't want to be a gross creep, but she's very attractive. Yes. So, uh, all that said, I, like, her mirror look doesn't do it for me as much as just standard issue Tilly. Mm-hmm. Well, agreed just, on that. You know. You know. Although I do going... like, speaking of sexiness and the mirror looks, I like that uh-huh. they aren't just, unlike in the original series, they aren't just saying uh, the mirror universe look is like the slutty Halloween costume version of <laughs> the regular <laughs> oh, yeah, universe it... look. They, they're they still sexy. They've got all these like sharp angles and form-fitting whatnots, but... Mm-hmm. You know, but it's, they, this they, is like this is one of the rare times they've completely like gone against continuity, and I don't care. Yeah. Like in the Enterprise era, all the women bared their midriffs, and in the original series era, same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But somehow wedging yourself in between those two things, they're like, no, you know what? We don't need to see the women's navels. It's fine. I would like to we'll think just that put them in some rubber the, boob armor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's wearing the same like tight rubber armor. It's fine. I would like to think that that is entirely up to whatever the current emperor thinks is attractive. <laughs> Could be. Yes. Because that the changes frequently. The current emperor certainly could be giving their opinion. They certainly yeah. could. They definitely could. We will address this further <laughs> in, the in future section. episodes. But they, they're definitely uh, not mentioning the emperor's gender and bending over backwards not to use um, pronouns, which probably is relevant. Especially if you noticed who shows up in the previously on. I yeah. mean, honestly, if you spend more than five seconds thinking about it, it's not too hard to figure out who. Yeah, the we won't. Is. We won't spoil it yet. But uh, I, th- I will say, I th- when I watched I think, this the first I think time maybe through, we just did. Yeah, <laughs> when we watched this the first time through, I thought this also makes the most sense dramatically for this reveal to happen. Mm-hmm. But also on that, on that, uh, on along those same lines, um, one thing I do like about being in the mirror universe, so. Originally, when DS9 did it, it was a cool idea, and we all kind of agree that it was like a diminishing returns thing. Every time yeah. I went back, it was like less, like, ugh, again. But early on, the big gut punch was, here's Cisco's dead wife, and she's alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that kind of fucked with him, because I think it was like season three or something when he finally was starting to get over all that. And mm-hmm. now here she is again. And uh, Discovery kind of takes that idea and, and flips it and makes it worse, because... Yeah. Michael's got to see all the people whose deaths she's responsible for alive. Yeah, like, I mentioned uh, Connor, um, but just to be clear, in case yeah. the audience has forgotten him because it's been quite some time, he's the guy that uh, had the head injury and stumbled into sick bay or uh, the the brig when he was looking for sick bay. And oh, and we we never mentioned him by name because we we have not gotten these characters' names straight yet for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Detmer is one that I do know. Um, she's the, the young woman up at the Chekhov seat. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, she's got like a bionic implant or something now. Mm-hmm. She was on the Shenzhou and she's alive, but you know, scarred now. And you see her normal again. Yeah. And that's, that's a little, like, that's a nice visual reminder of this character turned out differently over here. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole bunch of people who are still alive that Michael basically got killed before. And she's got to look at them and in Connor's case, killed them. Yep. So that's fun. 
Yeah, because Connor uh, right. tries to uh, assassinate her and they all move up in rank. <laughs> she's like, instead I'm going to... This is actually one of my favorite bits because um, she's, she kills him and he, he dies and he's slumped up against what appears to be the wall, but it turns out to be the door of the turbo lift. Yep. And it yep. opens onto the bridge and his body just plops out onto the bridge and then she gets a standing ovation. Yep, yeah. just another day in the ISS. Captain Burnham's well, back! Woo! This is Yeah, this is her first appearance in front of these people who thought she was dead. Not mm-hmm. only is she strolling back onto the bridge, like striding confidently back onto her bridge, yeah. she's doing it while a corpse of, of a usurper slumps, you know, yeah. in front of, like, perfect, <laughs> perfect entrance. And can we, can we talk about how good, oh god, I can never remember her name, who plays Michael? Uh, Sonequa Martin-Green. Yeah. yeah, you get to watch her go from utterly horrified that she's just killed this guy mm-hmm. to like snapping back into character. Yeah, exactly. She, you get like five seconds of just like, oh my god, what have I done? And then it's like, all right, back to work. <laughs> yeah, and whereas Tilly has, you know, com- comedy gold moments of trying to figure it out. Michael's mm. all like, she's she's got the walk, she's got the look, she's got the delivery. Yep. Everything about her is just evil. So good. Meanwhile, Tilly's back on the Discovery, making everybody roll out red carpets in front of her when she walks, like that one lady, in, <laughs> like that one lady in Guardians Two. <laughs> She's building a harem. <laughs> I mean, everyone in this universe, like they, they still have that. They're less gross yeah. about it, but it's still very clear. They said, uh, "You killed your previous captain in the bedroom," mm-hmm. and that's all they said. They said in the bedroom. They didn't yeah. say. Very obviously, they were sleeping together, but it's, it's pretty clear. Hey, this, I mean, they could this have been universe for right here. This universe fucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it's not like in Enterprise's uh, Mirror Universe episode where you had an unfortunate scene between Hoshi and Archer. Like mm-hmm. this, just sort of implies that it happened, and that's all you need. You I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that. we'll manage to get through uh, three uh, episodes here without anybody using the phrase "Captain's woman." I, I mean, I can't. I can't guarantee that. I don't remember. I mean, they'll, I hope they'll say right. other stupid things. They'll say Firewolf. Oh. Yeah, they'll say Firewolf. So who cares what else they say? Fuck this shit. Ah, oh, I hate it. <laughs> Threw my wolf in the fire. <laughs> Matt, what was your good thing? Uh, I love the, uh, I guess they call it the worker bee, but mm-hmm. it's like a tiny, it's like a tiny uh, uh, mini shuttle. And it's great. I love it. Ash Tyler flies it around to, uh, pick the Klingon core out of a busted Klingon ship. Oh, you, so, wait, you're talking about Lieutenant Ash Tyler, right? Lieutenant Ash Tyler. The yeah, sorry, you gotta say his full name every time. <laughs> Lieutenant Ash Tyler mm-hmm. and his many mental problems mm-hmm. uh, goes on a goes on an adventure to uh, save the uh, the Klingon newspaper, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> get... <laughs> what? The Klingon Youth Center? No, the Klingon newspaper. Oh, right. <laughs> You know, also, it's a nice little scavenger mission. It's, I, yeah. I, I, I think that's in two episodes. They have to save the Klingon Youth Center by doing a breakdancing contest. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds about right. I think so, that's the series that Michael Dorn's been pitching, actually. Saru does the that, quintuple uh, head spin. Is that a breaking bad? <laughs> <laughs> breaking two, breaking bad? Yes. Now, Saru, what you want Saru to do is the worm, because that giant long Ooh. body like ripples oh, yeah. three or four times every time he does a, like a push-up. That would be mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, but but speaking of Lieutenant Ash Tyler and and his his uh, shuttle mission where he uh-huh. he has a, another PTSD freakout, why the fuck do they keep sending him on missions? Like <laughs> he very clearly, openly, publicly had an episode 
had a flashback, had a, had a real bad time yep. in front of Michael and in front of uh, Admiral Cornwell, who... Mm-hmm. Cornwell? Cornwall? I always forget. Cornwell. Cornwell? Ah, Cornwell. Yes. Um, but She corns you know, well. Who, who used her, you know, as, as Devlin said, um, uh, magic uh, psychiatry powers to make him better mm-hmm. um, for the first time ever, like mm-hmm. in Star Trek. But uh, the point is, it's on the record. Like, an official licensed counselor talked to him. She didn't just, like, leave and not tell anyone, I hope. She presumably told uh, Discovery's medical officers, hey, this guy had a problem. You might want to mm. take him off duty for a little while. No, they're still sending him into, you know, uh, debris fields full of corpses and such. Like, Well, she why? left and didn't tell anyone when, uh, when yeah, uh, Lorca should be Lorca fired. fired so. Oh, God, true. I got such a to-do list. Okay, when I get back, rat on Lorca, rat on uh, uh, Lieutenant, <laughs> yeah, Lieutenant Ash Tyler. Tyler definitely needs a, a, a rest. Like, it's, it's obvious he's going through some shit. And it should mm-hmm. be obvious also to Hugh that he's going through some shit. And no one thinks to say uh, maybe limited duty or maybe no duty for a couple of days. Like, take a break, man. Well, first of all, he's clearly Lorca's favorite. Mm -hmm. Well, that's true. Yeah. And Lorca wants to use his favorite whenever he can. Well, and he's overridden the medical guys before, like like the Stamets. And secondly, I noticed this this episode. They talk about how when uh, when, uh, Lieutenant Ash Tyler comes on the ship, they gave him a scan to to see sort of like what the Klingons had done to him. Mm -hmm. But it was only a cursory scan done by the computer. And apparently no one on the medical staff actually decided to look at it. Yeah, well, I guess. Because so, it doesn't take long to realize that all your organs have been removed. What it is is that they saw that there was a lot of scar tissue around the organs, and then because mm-hmm. uh, they knew that he had been tortured in such a way that involved cutting him open. And mm-hmm. so they were like, it must be that. It wasn't until Hugh took a closer look that he's like, no, it looks like your organs have been taken out and then new organs were put back in. And also what we thought was just them breaking and resetting your bones, it actually looks like they've shaved them down and shortened them. Uh, yeah. And uh, also, you're a Klingon. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, oh, sorry. I don't know spoilers. that they actually say that, but they've given us ninety percent of this puzzle, well, so we're just gonna go ahead and spoil yeah. that. For yeah, he's he's yeah. he's Vok. Can we just talk about it openly? Yeah, of course. Uh, or I, Volk, I will say, be- say before, I, before we go into it, just real quick, I like they took the idea from Trouble with Tribbles, where there was yeah. a Klingon disguised as a human. Mm-hmm. which seemed like, okay, I don't know, maybe he put on a wig or something and then just a sweater. That's what you dumb people wear. But And they, they sort of teased out what the horror of that would be. No, these guys have different anatomy. They have different everything. They would have to cr- like break all their bones and change their organs. This would be a grueling ordeal. Mm-hmm. And suddenly Arn Darvin, like you have a new respect for all the shit he went through just to, to steal some grain. You yeah, know? especially because he came out of it uh, totally uh, chill, even after he spent uh, years on a Cardassian prison planet. Yep. Well, also, he wasn't, like, uh, he he wasn't a sleeper agent. He wasn't, like, programmed to do evil. He he presumably signed up for this pro- procedure. So. He just loves stealing grain. Could, well, who doesn't? Can we take a sec to acknowledge how, how sad it is that he had that extensive surgery done and was... Uh, and was taken out by a small uh, by a small ball of fur that didn't care for him. Yeah. By the way, Lorca's Tribble's certainly sleeping on the job. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, we could finally talk about that. We've definitely wanted to a few times. Well, here's the thing. Okay, and I'm going to admit, I I don't hate this story as goofy as I find Lieutenant Ash Tyler to be. Frankly, sure. I find him a lot more interesting now that I know he's a Klingon sleeper agent. Eh. But well, at least but now he here's, has. One here's what doesn't make any sense. So he is Volk. 
Yes. But there was a real Lieutenant Ash Tyler that they based this new body on. I think they just cut him open and stuffed Vulk inside him. (laughs) But that's the thing is that, no, because they say that they had to shorten his bones. So that means that, like... Yeah, fit inside the body of Lieutenant Ash Tyler, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I, well, yeah, that's, I mean, but it's not Klingon bones. They, they like, re-sculpted them into human bones. So, yeah, it's like he's just, like, wearing him like a skin suit, but also he's got a human brain and human organs. And they At were like, point. and they checked for brainwashing by seeing if he had a secret personality hiding under his, but... Which, it, it's, which yeah, they actually call the Manchurian technique, by it, the way, which I love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but then they also, what it is is that he actually is the under personality, so they didn't look under that. I'm pretty sure that's not how that would work. That's definitely yeah. not how that works. I'm pretty sure they would look at the brain and go, huh, there's two personalities here, not, okay, we're just going to look at the bottom personality and see if there's anything under it. Nope. Surely not, there's not anything. That makes any sense. And, and in light of what Matt brought up a week or two ago, none of this makes any sense when you look at what Laurel's plan is supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, okay, I guess she wanted to come over there to activate him. Then mm-hmm. what? Well, and also like, the activation doesn't seem to work very well, so. Yeah. Like, she yeah. tries to wake him up, and all she does is give him a fucking panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> Step three, profit. It's oh, pretty good, Lieutenant Ash Tyler. Yeah, that's not bad. Just never close your mouth, ever. I do love that uh, when he, as soon as he starts speaking Klingon, he gets his goofy accent back also. Yep. Yeah. No, and there was a whole... There so was it, a whole it was fucking him thing. in the makeup in the in the earlier episodes, right? Yes, yeah, that was what, him. Yeah. it was. Okay. Yeah, there was and there was a whole like like misdirection campaign that where was... they invented this other actor's name, Javid Balk. Yeah, who and that that's actually the dude who plays Lieutenant Ash Tyler's dad. Mhm. So like it's not just a a name like a, a, a nonsense words, like it's a real name. It's his dad's mm. name. But He's not an actor, so like everyone's like, okay, but what's this guy from? He's never been in anything. He's just, just came from out of nowhere. It's because they made him up. Yeah, I'd actually say that's one of those things that falls under the category of um, things that CBS All Access doesn't realize has to change when it comes to streaming. Because you guys mentioned yeah. previously all the exposition, and frankly, the previously ons aren't super yep. necessary anymore. Um, no, but not really. Also that, like, you could have gotten away with that reveal if... You dumped all the episodes at once. Mm-hmm. Um, then people might not have really. You could have gotten away with it if it was 1987 and there wasn't an internet to worry about, mm-hmm. right? But you know, no, every everybody knew by the time it was. Uh... Yeah, and and without getting into it just yet, there's another dumb reveal coming that we didn't all figure out. Some that, of us did. Some that, of us didn't. that is true. They 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 effectively uh, worked that one out. Yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe it's misdirection of like, I got this one obvious thing in my hand, so you don't see this other less obvious thing that I'm slipping right by you. I am um... holding a whole bunch of birds. <laughs> yeah, so we don't know which bird is the right one. But where did the lighter fluid come from? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, there's a there's a real heavy, real awful thing that we need to talk about, and Matt, this is your bad thing. Ugh. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah, well, someone had to fucking take it. Look, we're yeah. going to get more into this next week, but the death of Dr. Culper is fucking awful. Yeah. Like, we've had exactly two canonical gay characters in Star Trek for, oh, let's have a look, eight episodes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely time to brutally murder one of them to show that Ash, Lieutenant Ash Tyler is a bad guy now. What a goddamn waste of a good character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here, Here's, like, 
I'm madder about this than I was when it happened the first time, and I was already pretty mad about it. And mm-hmm. coming back, we've to had this, time to think about it now. I am fucking furious. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that they did like. As I pointed out last week, as I've been pointing out all along, it took them 51 fucking years. It took Entourage got to this before they did. Yep. Star Trek, which is supposed to be the most progressive fucking thing in American culture, did not get around to queer representation until 20 fucking 17. And then they killed one of them. Come on. Yep. Not even a full season later. No. Half a season. Not even half a season later. Yeah. But all of this said. We have a guest coming on next week, Nate, who has very specifically requested that that he come on uh, at, at the most opportune time to talk about this. And we will be talking about it at length. Mm-hmm. But I want to make it very clear. We're all real upset yeah, about this. I, and we're not going to talk about it much now be, just because we're going to talk about it next week. So I don't want people to think like, oh, well, they, they just glossed right over that. No, yeah. it's because we intend to talk about it way more next week. But yeah, it's real fucking bad, though. But we hate it. It was uh-huh. mentioned on Memory Alpha, and this surprised, I, well, at least me and Matt. I don't, I don't want to speak for mm-hmm. Al, but we... Um, the Glad thing? Yeah, the Glad yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, no, it didn't. That surprised to... you also? Yeah. Because apparently yes. they met with Glad, uh, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, to make sure that this was being handled sensitively, that they were avoiding the uh the trope which is known as bury your gaze where mm-hmm. gay people are not allowed to have happy relationships mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i i genuinely believe that they weren't going for that well we've got to make sure our gay characters miserable thing i think it's just you know we're looking for some ha- drama happy relationships yeah. don't tend to last really on star trek you know uh yeah and yeah, Morphin dax <laughs> yeah that's that's the the biggest one of course but there's very few where people have gotten together and stayed together and they were happy no um, we don't really follow couples yeah, yeah. and whenever we, there's a couple as part of somebody's backstory there's a lot of heartbreak and misery and death you know um yeah. beverly and jack crusher or uh Riker and deanna although they eventually got married because gotta come up with something to do in the movies yeah. sure <laughs> gotta come up with some event you can invite Worf to <laughs> um but mr Worf, what are you doing here i was invited <laughs> well i was so anyway <laughs> <laughs> so what, what was it, an insurrection? They were having a diplomatic function that he showed up at No, that was the one where it was like, Mr. Worf, what are you doing here? Well, I... And then they cut him off. Oh, yeah. there you go. That's exactly how I would have written it, too. Just like, yeah. who fucking cares? Let's 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 acknowledge it, but not spend a lot of time thinking about a reason, because who cares? <laughs> yeah. But the... Yeah, um, uh, yeah it's, it's... The fact that they tried to avoid it uh, somehow yeah, makes it... they're somehow aware makes of it. it that worse makes it to worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that like, means they know that it's a cliche and they know that it's a problem and they 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 did it anyway. And it's, yeah. what they've been hinting at, and again, we'll talk about this more next week, mm-hmm. but what they've been hinting at is don't worry, you're not you, you haven't seen the last of him. If they if they somehow sci-fi bullshit him back, okay, but that doesn't unring this bell. It still happened. Yeah, yeah that bell still got rang. Yeah, and well, it's, uh, it's you know, to to it's Star Trek, there's a million ways they could bring him back and I'd be mm-hmm. fine if they did it well, but they still did this, and it still stands no matter what happens next. Yeah, to yeah. talk about another podcast, and I won't mention it because this will be a plot spoiler for them. It's a fiction podcast. There was one which I quite like, which introduced a canonical lesbian couple in one of their arcs. It was the first you know gay couple that was featured on the show, and at the end of that arc, they killed them. Um, and <sighs> they caught a lot of flack for it. And yeah. but the writer was like straight up i did not know that this was a trope i didn't realize yeah and brought them back to life at the end of the series because it was a fantasy mm. series and you can do that but yeah. when all said and done you still did the damn thing yeah yeah no and and even if he comes back in episode one of season two 
he's been gone all this time and it's still yeah ugh, ugh. and but again as this is what you mentioned is and not to spoil too much about coming forth but as you mentioned because Stamets is zonked out of his mind on space mushrooms he doesn't get to grieve he doesn't get to you know react yeah. really yeah I will mention no, one I mean, thing that's, that we already know what yeah. his yeah situation is and it's not going to get any better for a little while and yeah yeah um, and uh, but uh, again, just to we'll to, talk about just, it next week oh of course of course I did just want to say that um there was one term that was thrown around a lot about this that I think was misused and that was uh, uh fridged. Um, yeah, I, I actually I, did that myself as well. And thinking mm-hmm. it through, you're right. It's yeah, not, just in order to to properly respect Colbert, I don't think he's fridged. Fridged is when a love interest is killed in order to motivate another character as part of their story. Colbert yeah. was part of his own story, and well, part of Lieutenant Ash Tyler's story, really. But yeah, I was yeah. gonna say it seemed more like it was to show that Lieutenant Ash Tyler is a bad guy. Yeah, but it wasn't yeah. like to motivate somebody else. It was because he was doing his medical investigations and he got too close, Jack. And, uh, you know, so at the yeah. very least, we can give him that much credit that it was, mm. you know, his own thing. Meh. Yeah. No, it's it's still not great. It's but not great. Again, we will be. Talking now about I don't want to talk about it yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Uh, Brian, what was your bad thing? Oh, yeah. You know, speaking of bad things that happened in the sick bay, uh, mine was on a much later note. The sick bay beds are really freaking stupid on this show. <laughs> Because you can't lay down on them without your feet hanging off the edge. No, they look like the, the you know, the waiting room, uh, bed or not waiting room, you know, the examination room beds you get at a doctor's office. But mm. yeah, also we see Stamets there like convalescing for days. Like that's mm. that's not what that's for. Yeah, like yep. he's he's going to be in one of those beds for a long time and his feet are just dangling off the edge. Like, like he's like taking a nap on the ottoman. Like yeah. that's not what that's for. Man. Like, like his parents are <laughs> waiting for his birthday to buy him his big boy bed. Not, so not, he just uh, has to deal with it before then. Not Thanksgiving's Day Ottomans, but Christmas Ottomans. That <laughs> that's for Matt. Um, and then it was especially dumb when Lieutenant Ash Tyler was getting his little scan because I don't know. I guess in order to get the scanner prop set up properly, he had to be down so that like his entire like everything from like his knee down was just dangling off the edge. Well, they they shortened his bones, so maybe he thought he he didn't go that far now. I don't know. Yeah, they did always call him Old Long Bones back when he was still a Klingon. <laughs> Vok Longbones. I am Vok of House Longbone. Oh, shut up, man. What else? Anything? Um, I don't know. Lorca had a mullety rebel costume, which I kind of liked. I liked it actually. Uh, Matt, you you said he was cosplaying. His ninth Doctor cosplay, yeah, yeah, it's just a, it's just a leather coat basically, but uh, I don't know, I liked it. Like I said, I think, I think he was looking good in this one. Like, yeah, he's a nice, good-looking dude, and I think that was a good look for him. And I love that right before he was revealed to the mirror people, he's like, "Wait a minute, this needs one final thing," and then just slammed his head into the wall until yep. it started bleeding. Yep. Yeah, like uh, that's uh, a Burnham abused me. <laughs> it's a very Lorca thing to do. It was like, all yep. right, I'm all set. What is missing? Oh, I know, blood. How can I get some real quick? I know. You well, know, I'm full of blood, so I really just need to crack open my own head. <laughs> you know, I'm full of blood. Like <laughs> you know, Gabe, with the way you treat your, your crew, I bet you could find a volunteer to punch you in the face. I bet <laughs> if you just said, hands up in this, in this, this on this bridge, who wants to punch me? I bet every single hand would and then as soon as up. he as soon as he got done saying punch, somebody was going to punch him in the stomach, and he'd be like, I'm in the <laughs> face, and then they punch him in the <laughs> You got it, boss. <laughs> you got Saru from, like, all the way in the other side of the bridge just hitting him with his fucking long, gangly arms. He, like, vaults over a computer console just yep. so he gets to do it. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, you didn't need to do that to the wall. Yeah. Bryce, uh, Bryce and Reese are going to do it at the same time because they have very similar names and I always forget which one is which. <laughs> They're best friends. Hopefully we'll get more about those people in, in season two. It looks like from at least from the trailer, mm-hmm. like the, the two chicks up front are gonna get a little something to do. So that's mm-hmm. good. I've already so. my, my, my my little head cannon I've already come up is is that Bryce and Reese are best friends and that Reese is also super dumb. Because <laughs> he's the one that Lorca keeps yelling at because he's apparently bad at shooting things. I, but everyone gets yelled at by Lorca. That's not, you know. I don't know. I think I think it's just because that's how I learned his name. No, Mr. Reese. Yeah. No, you want to try hitting something today? I'm sorry, boss. There's so many oh, buttons. Geez. All right. Uh, pressing forward. Let, let's do, uh, Matt, you had suggested a, a slight uh, slight alternative to our normal uh, uh, yes. feature here. So, uh, Brian, why don't you go first? Uh, yes, except I forgot what it was. So I'm going to it. Ah, here it is. <clears throat> In the past of the alternate future. The interior design of Imperial starships will be so widely known that it will be discussed in detail in an index of patchy rebel intelligence. <laughs> oh yeah, like you said in your summary, they they just have an internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have everything. And they're looking for information on like the people and they're like, wow, a lot of this is really like sort of patchy and really hard to figure out. But what they could figure out real quick is what every individual computer display should look like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, to be yeah. fair, if you're talking about a totalitarian dictatorship, throwing your logo all over everything is one of the first things they generally do. That is one of the so. things they like. Mm-hmm. It's I, really easy to change the wallpaper. Just to... Side note, I really did like the new um, uh, Empire logo. Um, it was a little fancied up from the uh, previous versions they'd shown. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's still basically the same design. It's still the yeah. sword through the so, earth. But sword it, through yeah, the earth, but now it's got a little sort of, well, a little Star Trek symbol sort of thing behind it. Yeah. The, the, it's pointier. The sword through the earth with the rotating earth that you see at one point mm-hmm. makes me think of like like the I, the ISS news. What's happening yeah. in the Empire? <laughs> this is a, and this is actually something. It makes me think of the beginning of Heroes and Might and Magic when they show the sword going through the earth. Um, that's that's a reference for people that were playing strategy games in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I read on I Memory Alpha. That in a while. <laughs> I read on Memory Alpha that the um. This is the first time that actually the Earth itself is mirrored uh, mm-hmm. in the logo. Oh, oh, so like, it, like, uh, it's backwards North America and South America, and backwards that's right. Europe and Asia. Oh, that's I'd be living, I'd be, I'd be living on the West Coast, and you guys would be living on the East Coast. Except, what? I guess, I guess West and East might have also been mirrored. So, oh yeah, and maybe the Earth turns different way, and oh man, there's a one of those um, times where Magneto flipped the Earth's magnetic act or poles or poles. something. Yeah, there's a, the uh, the maps that showed up in early Wizard of Oz books um, had the Munchkin Country in the west because mm-hmm. L. Frank Baum legitimately got confused when he was drawing it, which was east and which was west. Oh come <laughs> on, L. Frank Baum, never eat shredded wheat. This shit's easy. And so they were traveling. Uh, Dorothy's house lands all the way over on the uh, left side of the map, and then they're going to the Wicked Witch of the West, who's way east. So um... oh, I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. <laughs> all right, Matt, what do you got? All right, so in the past of the alternate future, murderous warships of the Terran Empire are still called things like Discovery and Enterprise (laughs) instead of, I don't know, the ISS Big Fuck-Off Knife or the ISS Jason Voorhees. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. I would really... That's been bugging me since since Mirror Mirror, honestly. Yeah. No, and, and there's that whole, we've already talked about this, but the whole everyone is in the same place that they were before, like, mm. it's, it's all a little too neat, but also, who cares? Yeah. I would respect the hell out of them if they had an ISS Hitler show up. 
<laughs> yeah. Or, you know, like, even if you don't want to go, like, that real, you could name them after historical monsters in, in Star Trek's world. Like... like the ISS Archer. Oh, there you <laughs> The ISS Garthavizar. Yeah. Or, I, I don't, uh, was that guy yeah. a bad guy? I don't actually remember. Uh, yeah, he was crazy. He was like, yeah. uh, they did an Asylum episode and he was effectively the Joker. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and his Harley was a uh, an Orion girl, played by uh, Yvonne Yvonne Craig. Yep. All right. And for me, that one. in the past of the alternate future, the fleet's finest ships are captained by nineteen year olds. <laughs> they sure fucking are. <laughs> yeah, we didn't mention that, but uh... well, I was saving it for this. But yeah, it's like Tilly, and then Connor is also like what an ensign or something. Con- like, Connor was all... a, Connor was an ensign in the Prime Universe, and Tilly was a cadet. Yeah. So. I, I tried to, I actually looked this up and there's no, like, Memory Alpha doesn't have anything on what Tilly's actual age is, but she hasn't graduated the academy yet, which is, like, college age. So, mm-hmm. at best, she's, like, 22? Yeah. Maybe she was like, getting work experience before that. May it, I mean, yeah, it's possible. Not everyone goes in the academy right after high school. But, you know, Wesley Crusher was mm-hmm. 18, 19, 20 when he was in the academy. I figure that's, like, normal normal age. Oh, and J- I figure she's in her early 20s. James Kirk became a captain when he was 23, I guess. Yeah, but that, you know, yeah. he's I supposed mean, to be is, the youngest captain ever. I mean, this is what happens when your captaincy is based on murder. Like, you're going to get a bunch of people who aren't good at captaining, but are good at stabbing people. Okay, but then all the analogs of all the other characters we already know should be dead. If she stabbed her way to the top, mm-hmm. then that means everyone else should be dead now, right? Yeah, it's almost like the Mirror Universe doesn't make a lick of sense if you pay any attention to it. Yeah, I know. And honestly, it's more fun when they don't. And they just, mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, it was cool seeing the fucking agony booths. Like, there was, there was a lot of goofy-ass fun stuff. It's just sometimes they take it a little too seriously, and we're going to see way more of that next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but I think I think now it's time to uh, to press forward into the uh, spoiler section. Yes, yes. Spoiler alert! All right. What, what? Obviously, you guys have stuff you want to talk about. Anything? Anything pressing? Anything I mean, like... not really. I do, I can't stop myself from putting spoiler hints into the main section. So, <laughs> of course. I mean, there's the emperor. We talked about that. They're setting up that that's going to be Giorgio. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and like I say, the obvious, like, not only from the previous season, not only from the not using pronouns, but dramatically, like, uh, Michael's already had to face all these people that she's responsible for the deaths of. Who would be the most impactful person for her to have to fight? Well, yeah, obviously, yeah. it's Rojo. We so, don't know, unless it's Spock, which it isn't. Mm-hmm. I bet a lot of people were thinking that. Like, well, I mean, that would be very strange if a Vulcan was in charge of the... Uh... It sure would. Yeah, but here's the thing about that. By the time we get to Mirror Mirror in 10 years or however long it is, mm-hmm. Spock is still Kirk's first officer. Mm-hmm. Like, when did Vulcans get status? Like, that's a thing that bugged me about uh, the retcons of, of Enterprise and Discovery. Mm-hmm. Like, Spock was seen as an equal. He was not looked down upon because he was a Vulcan. Like, when yeah. did that change? Well, but I think the answer anyway. to that is don't think about it too much. Yeah, uh-huh. I know, I know. But yeah, the whole Giorgio thing. And, and like I said the show takes the mirror universe a little too seriously for a couple episodes. And then it comes back from that because when you get Giorgio, yeah, she chews the scenery in ways we have not seen since. Avery oh, she's Brooks. so good. Yeah. She's it is delightful. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, what else? And, uh, I think that's it. I mean, do you guys want to talk about Vox what, thing. do you want to talk about what Vox is going to be up to in a couple episodes or do you want to just save that for when it comes? I don't know what, I mean, being the fire wolf. Yeah. He's the fire wolf. What else? I mean, does he do other things? 
Does he ever he, close his mouth? Is that your spoiler? He punches himself, I guess. I don't know. I just... Uh, I do know... They go a really long time without addressing what happened. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, Michael doesn't find out for a really long time and just hangs out with him and sleeps with him and everything else, yep. and everything's fine. And uh, Stamets, as we already kind of mentioned, doesn't really react to it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just real, real shitty. Well, and also, obviously, nobody's looking at him. because Now, here's here's a question. Do you mm. think he intentionally went to Michael because he wanted the heat to be off of him when they found Hugh's body? Or do you think he went over there because he feels an emotional connection and wants that? There's, there's a whole problematic, unhealthy relationship there where basically he wants her to be his mom. Yeah. And I think he found himself in a scary situation and just went to her to cry. Like, there, there's a weird thing where... And there's probably, like, real trope names for this that I don't know off the top of my head, but where you basically want your girlfriend to be your entire emotional support system and fix all your problems. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's that with her. It is so unhealthy. And add in the fact that it's basically the first boy she ever kissed. Mm-hmm. I feel extra bad for her because she's got to be the one to fix his whole shit. And she can't even fix her own shit, man. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, Sarek did a real number on her. Oh, that whole family, man. <laughs> all right. Anything uh, else? Um, The agony booths looked cool. That's all I got. Yeah. No, oh, Matt, you pointed out that they look like something else, and I can't stop seeing that now. They look like the Bill and Ted phone booth. <laughs> yeah, the whole lighting in that whole scene is very, like, neon, late 80s. Yep. Bill and Ted. I, I, I'm always going to wait for Rufus to pop in now. <laughs> oh, God, if only. Yeah. I'd take a recast if they found somebody good. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. I also love, uh, just before we go, I love Lorca trying to cover up for the fact that he has no idea what's happening. <laughs> There's actually, now that you know what's going on, you gotta, you gotta give it to him. Mm-hmm. Like, they did a pretty good job of covering that up. Yeah, yeah, I like the Lorca reveal a lot more on the rewatch than I did the first time around. Because I, I think... can see how much they're setting it up. Yeah, and how good I he just... is at it. I yeah. don't like the two different characters end up being inherently evil. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. that's the big one is that and I we, don't is that they do it twice. And I don't like that we lose a character that was very interesting and just hand wave it like no, but he's from the evil universe. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. oh man, there could oh, have we, been so we, much gray area here, yeah. and now it's like just we, no because he's bad. Yeah, and we can't that, have characters with layers because it's just easier for them to be evil. Yeah, evil people have layers. That's what Shrek was all about, I think. Um, <laughs> I can. I, now that we're in the spoiler section, I can't mention my my joke that I said on Twitter, which is the people I feel really bad for are the people that uh, sell paintings of all the captains at conventions. Because now what do they do? <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, we got my it. Theory... Kirk, Picard, Cisco, Janeway, Archer, and then like uh four different people stacked up on top of each other. <laughs> I feel like. The and and we know season two obviously Captain Pike's going to be there for a bit and he's not going to stay because canon he's got to go back to the Enterprise yeah but like I feel like Discovery captains are going to be like Murphy Brown secretaries now <laughs> they're just constantly changing and everyone's like, well who's the next one who knows you know? I just want Saru to get the freaking stripes on his shoulder at the end of the next yeah, season seriously. and just let it be him from now on well we talked about that at length like at that Star Trek does not want a non-human to be oh, a captain for some mm-hmm. bizarre I reason. haven't looked it up because I was wondering myself. Seeing, I thought of two non-human captains because you we guys had, mentioned... We, we, for the whole next week, we had a conversation on Twitter about this, so we may have already addressed this. Well, I thought of uh, Captain Ricks, uh, the um, the first Bolian that was ever seen. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we, we, somebody um, mentioned him. All the other bullions are based off that guy's actual weird head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought of um, Captain Baudet. No. The guy that was had apparently Cap- a very yeah, yeah, weird, you're, weird you're biology. You're correct. He saw. existed. He is yeah. not in Starfleet. Yeah. Oh, he's a, I thought he was a Starfleet captain. No, nope. it turns out he was a freighter captain like, yeah. uh, uh, what's her face? Cassidy. Oh. Well, yeah. apart from the yeah. aforementioned Vulcans, those are the only two that I came up with. So, yeah. yeah. So, one Bolian, and actually there's another Bolian as well, apparently. Okay. And then uh, some Vulcans, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. so freaking put Saru in the chair. Like, as soon yeah. as you find out that Lorca is evil, the show, like, he, he snaps into control, and all of a sudden he's conferencing with his bridge crew around a table, and, like, yeah. it's like, oh, he's great. we're Star Trek now. No, he's acting captain for quite some time, and he yeah. does a good job of it. Why don't yeah. they just make it permanent? Mm-hmm. Or make it Cornwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bring just, her back. She just because I like her. Too. That's all. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for this time. Brian, you got anything you would like to plug? I know you do. Oh, absolutely. I would like to uh, plug uh, my podcast, Tinseltown, the holiday movie podcast. The only podcast where I... The main, oh, went into my intro there. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a, uh, where I talk about uh, mostly Christmas movies, also Thanksgiving and New Year's. Uh, I would actually say a recent episode was of a very, very often requested uh, movie because we finally got around to doing Love Actually, uh, mm-hmm. the movie that everybody likes and also everybody hates. <laughs> <laughs> and they hate how much they like it, and they hate loving it, but they love it anyway. So we uh, we went into a lot of that. We discussed every uh, uh, every single plot line in three different ways, and then ranked them based on how detestable the people in them were. <laughs> Excellent. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. So I'd say uh, check that one out. Uh, we also did Iron Man three, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you can of course hear Alan Matt if you go back a little bit in the archives. Uh, reviewing yeah, it's a we, wonderful we've life. each made individual appearances, and we have also discussed with you the possibility of a joint appearance in the near future. So yes, yeah. I'm. Uh, I believe I actually have you uh, on the schedule for New Year's Day, so we'll have to uh, make sure that that happens. Uh, yeah. And I've got, I've got, I've got quite the treat planned for you guys. Oh, good. Last <laughs> time someone said that to me, it was the hilarious House of Frightenstein. You're welcome. That's right. It's uh-huh. the hilarious House of Frightenstein Christmas special. I, I, whatever day we end up recording that, I am busy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. How do, how do people get to that show, Brian? Uh, you can find it on iTunes or miscellaneous other podcatchers, or of course at holidaymovies.tumblr.com, uh, where I post announcements with slightly different jokes in them and pictures, which are getting increasingly esoteric as I go on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The one, the one for the episode I was on where we did, you know, the very famous Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life had... Uh, covered that I did not understand at all and I happened to be on vacation that week and did not get a chance to ask you it is because of uh, the song that Mary and George sing on their first uh, date is Buffalo Gals um, oh. uh, Buffalo Gals won't you come out tonight and so I put up a picture of the science fiction novel Buffalo Gals by Ursula Le Guin yep. oh sure yeah mm-hmm. yes I, I can't believe I did not make that connection all right so next week, we will be covering part two of the Infinite Mirror Universe saga. Uh, Nate will be making his glorious return to mm-hmm. Pa. Hasn't, hasn't been on since uh, before Voyager, I think. I'm very excited. Nate's one of my favorites. Yeah. Just unfortunately, the, the occasion could be happier. Like yeah, uh-huh. here to, could be. To express, uh, as he said, uh, maximizing his queer rage is, is the <laughs> words that he used. Like Excellent. we wanted to choose the, the appearance that would be most effective for making those points. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be talking more about uh, the death of Hugh Culper at length with Nate. So look forward to that. 
uh, and and everything else as as usual. Website postatomichorror.com, uh, postatomichorror.tumblr.com. Uh, we are on Twitter at Algar at Robot Matt. You can write to us postatomichorror at Gmail. Uh, and that's all for this time. Yep. See you, folks. The Postatomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. <laughs>